0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato. joined, as always, by Chris Flum to preview the Giants' week five matchup two three and one teams traveling across the pond to play in london new york giants against the green bay packers led by future hall of famer aaron Rodgers. and chris last week that future hall of famer was home in the confines of lambeau field and narrowly won this game against the feared new england patriots led not by brian hoyer not by tom brady but by bailey zappi And that was a little bit peculiar last week, right? So what would you attribute the struggles from the Green Bay Packers in week four? And why did they not just bury the New England Patriots in that game?
2: Uh, To my eye, there were two things. On offense, Aaron Rodgers just had a bad game, which he doesn't have many of those, but he definitely had one against the Patriots. And on the defensive side of the ball, The Packers haven't been very good against the run, which does kind of bode well for the Giants, although there is also a bit of a caveat with that that we can get into.
1: Through a pick six in this game. That's something that you're never going to see Aaron Rodgers do. Hopefully, he does it against the New York Giants. We would all love that. We would all appreciate that. But also, at the end of the game, Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers tends to do in the regular season, leads a fourth-quarter drive, and he hit Romeo Dobbs, the rookie out of Nevada right in the chest for a touchdown and as the kid fell to the ground it rolled out of his hands so it looks like they probably could have or should have I should say have ended that game in regulation but either way it ends up going to overtime and the Green Bay Packers end up winning that football game 27 to 24 and now this will be the first time the Green Bay Packers are traveling to London to play one of these intercontinental games the Giants mind you remember back in 2007 Cleo Lemon, Eli Manning, rushing touchdowns. Remember that, dude? That sloppy game in Wembley Stadium? I remember that. Young Nick Faldo watching that game. It was ugly, but the Giants escaped with a win, and that was one of the first games overseas, and I think the first game in England.
2: Yeah, I believe it was. And like you said, an incredibly sloppy game. I mean, yeah. Uh, if Eli Manning is out there running in touchdowns, it's not a clean game. We, I think we can just leave it at that. And, you know, it's... 15 years later so we've got a different we've got a separate London game to talk about now
1: yeah that makes me feel very old but I do find this team the Green Bay Packers somewhat fascinating because there's a lot of changeover right Devontae Adams was a staple of this offense the rapport that he had with Aaron Rodgers is something that cannot be replicated and he's now in Las Vegas and you bring in Two rookies and Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. You have Alan Lazard, who missed most of training camp and preseason with an ankle injury. It seems like he's finally back. He played 97, I think, percent of the snaps. I think he played the most snaps, and Romeo Dobbs was right there with him. So those are the two receivers. And then Big Bob Tanyan, the tight end, he's starting to get ingratiated a little bit more into the offense, recovering from a torn ACL last year. So you look at the receiving weapons. And what they've had in the past. And you could tell that that, I believe, is affecting Aaron Rodgers just the lack of trust. Because it seems like Rodgers is that guy, Chris, who needs to trust you. Like if you drop a pass in the first quarter, he's not going to target you until the fourth quarter. He's that kind of quarterback. And if you look at a lot of these guys, you got Randall Cobb, you know, he's old as hell out there running routes. And then the main guy right now is Alan Lazard. And it seems like Dobbs, who is earning his trust, but that drop in the fourth quarter that we mentioned at the top of the show definitely probably doesn't do him any favors.
2: No, and I, I mentioned this in our in our last show. I was honestly surprised to see Randall Cobb out there. I had forgotten he was still in the NFL. I kind of assumed he I kind of assumed that he had retired because he has been in the NFL making plays for what seems like forever at this point. And you're definitely right. The the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they need trust with the receivers. And that's something we kind of talked about. With the Bears and how important in that offense because they do have a very similar offense. Uh, Luke Getze came from the Packers. So the rapport and the trust between quarterback and wide receiver is super important. They need to be on the same page for that offense to work properly. And they have had all of that turnover where. You know, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard are kind of their two mainstays at wide receiver but I do feel like Aaron Rodgers is such a veteran he has been around the block so many times that he's going to do what he needs to to get on the same page and I I would honestly be surprised if he has two bad games in a row
1: As would I, and even that's going up against Wink Martindale, who I'm curious to see how Wink Martindale is going to call this game against Aaron Rodgers. I believe they played in 2021 and Aaron Rodgers ended up defeating the Baltimore Ravens. I think by a point when Huntley ended up trying to go for two and then the, the Ravens failed to get it. But so far this season, Rodgers has six touchdown passes, three interceptions, completing 69% of his passes for 935 yards. So that's where he's standing. But I think another key component to any offense, really, but to this offense is the dynamic duo that they have running the football. And Aaron Jones, who's a little bit more of a quicker type of back, and then A.J. Dillon, who is a big bruiser. And I'm telling you, Chris, you have two running backs in this game who have the biggest pair of thighs that you're ever (laughs) going to see on running backs is Saquon Barkley and A.J. Dillon.
2: This might go down in history as the Thunder Thigh game because the Barclays quads are well-known. But A.J. Dillon, man, with, I remember when he was working out at the Combine during his draft year, you saw pictures of him from the waist up, and you say, okay, how in, how is this dude 240 pounds? Or whatever he weighed in then. Then when he rolled up on the bench for the bench press and they showed him in his shorts, I was like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> this dude is 97% quad. This has the potential to be a very tough game on both secondaries if they wind up having to tackle these guys.
1: And the offensive line, too, is starting to get a little bit more healthy, which is opening up a little bit more avenues for these running backs, because we saw Aaron Jones blow up in week two against the Chicago Bears. A.J. Dillon had a solid week one, but now it's a it's, it seems like a more balanced approach, or at least it was against the New England Patriots. Aaron Jones had 16 carries for 110 yards. A.J. Dillon, 17 for 73. Obviously, Jones more efficient with a 6.9 average, but Dillon still 4.3 is nothing to shy at, especially when... He is getting a lot of those goal line opportunities and a lot of those third and short type of opportunities. But the offensive line... Got David Bakhtiari back, who played in Week 3 and in Week 4. When healthy, even though he's 31 years old, he's one of the better tackles in the league on the left side. And they also have guys like Josh Myers and another very underrated player, Elgin Jenkins, who can play right tackle. He can play right guard for you. He can do a lot of different things for this offense, and he's manning the right tackle position. So the offensive line overall is pretty impressive, even with guys like the second-year dude out of Ole Miss, Royce Newman, who they plug and play, and he's been playing... I would say, pretty solidly from everything that I've seen. Josh Myers, the kid from Ohio State. So the, the offensive line isn't uh, so the offensive line is weak, not to mention John Runyon. We all know John Runyon's uh, father pretty well, this kid from Michigan, but he's also stepping in there and playing guard. And according to Pro Football Focus, he has really good metrics. And from the little bit of film that I have seen, he looks solid out there.
2: Yeah, I am honestly surprised nobody has really rated the – packers offensive line scouts just tried to steal somebody from them because i don't know if there is another team that is as good at identifying offensive linemen who they can develop drafting them in the mid or mid to late rounds and just getting hit after hit after hit you just go through their roster and they've got so many former fourth round picks, fifth round picks yet yeah, later day three un- undrafted free agents. Meanwhile, the rest of the NFL is throwing first and second round picks and hoping they get a hit or two. Whatever rubric the Packers use to identify offensive linemen is
0: And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: And I think the scary thing about going up against this offense, other than the fact that they have Aaron Rodgers throwing the football is they use a lot of quick game, a lot of west coast passing concepts. I look at the Giants. They align an off coverage a decent amount specifically when they are on the opposite side of the 50, when they're in opponent territory, when they're really on the defensive. And that they do that because they want to they'll surrender those short yards and then they'll play top down and come down and try to make the tackle, get into a third manageable situation defensively and then try to force a stop resulting in a field goal instead of a touchdown. One thing that I've seen from this offense, and it reminds me of what they did with Devontae Adams too, they will just run bubble screens whenever there is off leverage, and they'll do this with Romeo Dobbs. They'll do this with Christian Watson. Christian Watson's an explosive second round pick out of North Dakota State. They attempt to just get the football in his hands through like end arounds and things like that. So the Giants have to be weary of his playmaking ability and explosiveness. But I'm, I'm a little. A little hesitant, Chris, a little scared that Aaron Rodgers is gonna dink and dunk and pick up, you know, three, four yards here. And then it's gonna set up one good release outside that's gonna beat Moreau or Dory Jackson. And then you know Aaron Rodgers is gonna be able to recognize that because there's no fooling this guy. There's plenty of room to fool Justin Fields. He started 14 games in his NFL career. Baker Mayfield, come on, really? Ryan Tannehill. I feel like he was a he was a good. He's a good quarterback overall, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. And then Cooper Rush, I just feel like the, the Dallas Cowboys outscheme the crap out of the New York Giants. But in terms of Aaron Rodgers, man, if, if there is a play to be made, he is going to make it. And there's just little wiggle room for the New York Giants defense to make mistakes. Because even if you go back to the film against the Chicago Bears, Giants defense played phenomenally. There were some plays right there that Justin Fields left out there. Aaron Rodgers ain't leaving those plays out there.
2: Yeah, it, that is kind of my worry, especially this game and the next game against Lamar Jackson, is the explosive plays have been there, but by and large, the opposing offenses just haven't had the the personnel at either wide receiver or at quarterback to really take advantage of those plays. I mean, the there was, we saw Ryan Tannehill, make plays down the hill down the field against the giants offense we saw baker mayfield attempt them and either you know there there were breakdowns at the quarterback position he had shy smith open a couple times and you know he kind of got lost on the got got lost on the field we saw justin fields make those big bombs down the field early in the game and then cooper rush had cd lamb open a few times uh lamb had that one Oh, honestly unforgivable drop or you know or unforgivable if you're a Cowboys fan and you know he went on to score a touchdown later on but other than that you know the 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 Giants haven't been hurt by the explosive plays that their defense is it's going to give up that's kind of the nature of a blitz heavy defense you know you you weaken your coverage and in exchange for generating extra pressure, being able to send extra rushers after the quarterback. And Wig Martindale does an excellent job of disguising its coverages, disguising where the pressure is going to come from, disguising those weaknesses, but they're still going to be there. You know, you, you can't get seven pass rushers and still have seven guys in coverage, at, at least not without some very tricky accounting and maybe actually blind refs.
1: And the Giants on defense, they run a lot of middle of the field, close type of concepts, cover three, cover one, where those cornerbacks on the outside could be isolated against a wide receiver with no help over the top. Now, the wide receiver, of the Green Bay Packard, they don't have Devontae Adams, but that could still pose a problem for someone like Aaron Rodgers, who if you do bring pressure and it is picked up. You allow him to throw the football deep. There there could be a couple like hold your breath type of moments. So I'm interested to see how Wink Martindale adjusts. He's seen Aaron Rodgers before, so I don't think he's going to be too reckless, but he will try to dictate to Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers can exploit that. Also got to worry about, like I said, Christian Watson. I think he had like a 15-yard end-around touchdown last game in the red zone so they're going to implement his skill set he missed i think week two and now he's back healthy you have a bunch of guys here alan lazar back healthy christian watson back healthy robert Tunyon back healthy so all three of those guys could have a more expanded role in the offense that the giants may not have seen yet this season so they the giants defense really needs to be on their p they really need to be on their p and q's here because you are going up against a future Hall of Famer, not the quarterbacks that you've seen so far this season.
2: Yeah, I am curious to see what Wink Martindale does. Just the X's and O's, the chess match between the Packers offense and the Giants defense. Because as you said, the Giants love to run middle of the field, co- middle of the field closed, uh, cover three, cover one. For the most part, teams have been running middle of the field open, a lot of cover two against Aaron Rodgers. And for the most part, that has been effective. He's been really at his least efficient against those cover two looks, and he's been at his most efficient against cover three. So I think it really will be interesting to see if we maybe see some two-man or quarters coverage with pattern matching rules applying to the Giants coverage to try to limit and force that inefficiency on Aaron Rodgers. And then on the other side of the ball, I am honestly afraid that Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, you know, guys who have been around the block, have great offensive minds, if they might go back to that Cowboys game and see the same things in the Giants defense that the Cowboys did and kind of replicate the chess match there
1: remember what the Cowboys did they used wide receivers and tight ends to basically down block and use the leverage and just the space on the field to eliminate those edge rushers while pulling frontside tackle basically isolating him against the defensive back whose secondary contain it was a very good game plan by Kellen Moore and just to look at some of the stats right here from a coverage standpoint for the New York Giants before we transition to Green Bay's defense the Giants primarily cover three Primarily cover one, those two coverages, right? there, both middle of the field closed. That accounts for about 70% of their play calls so far this season. They align in quarters, which is like what you said, pattern match, all basically cover four falls under the PFF quarters paradigm. They have ran that just under 10%. I expect to see a little bit more of that. They've run hardly any cover two man under. I think maybe you'll see a little bit more of that, but probably more just cover two with maybe some sort of principles in there that make it a little bit more match-like. Just because I don't think you want to just spot drop all day against Aaron Rodgers, he's going to pick you apart in those types of situations. But they've run cover two, three point four percent of the time, so it's going. It might be a little bit different. Like it might be a little bit different of a of a look from Wink Martindale because of the opponent, and that's just what the game of football is all about. But Chris, you want to transition here to the defense who are some of the names that you're at the giant fan should be aware of the most heading into this matchup
2: you know the big two well the big three i think are kenny clark right there in the middle one of the best nose tackles in the nfl and also and this is a this is a word you don't normally hear associated with nose tackles but one of the most disruptive nose tackles in the nfl yeah. Yes, he is big, he's powerful, but he's also explosive and he can get behind the line of scrimmage. He can shoot gaps and he can ruin your whole day and live in your backfield. Then coming off the edge, Rashawn Gary, yeah, former Michigan Wolverine, he is big, he is explosive, and he has finally figured out how to use his hands at the end of those long-ass arms of his. And he is off to a pretty... Darn good start. Uh, Five sacks through four games, whole bunch of tackles for a loss. And then I think the big question is Jair Alexander, the Packers' number one cornerback. He is dealing with a groin injury. Matt LaFleur said that, yeah, they were being cautious in holding him out against the Patriots last week. But if it had been a big game, you know, playoffs on the line, something like that at the end of the season, Alexander could have played. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants see him against um, whoever they... Ring out
1: to play (laughs) wide receiver. Their number one wide receiver that no one knows who or where that individual is. I also like their linebackers, man. I mean, Devondre Campbell is one of the more underrated players in the league, and he's very good in coverage. They drafted Quay Walker, and a lot of people were kind of like poking their eyes at that draft pick because he was the, you could even argue, the third linebacker at Georgia behind Channing Tyndall and nicobe Dean. But he was actually, I think, my favorite. At the draft just because he's a size speed freak and he's played on a lot of snaps for them 175 total snaps through four games at the linebacker position and the combination of campbell and walker it's not just what they can do in coverage it's what they can do as blitzers it's the sure tackling it's the physicality it's the speed it's the explosiveness it's what that joe berry defense needed at the second level and pairing quay walker with devondre campbell Is makes a a formidable duo that could hinder the Giants rushing the football. Now, that's interesting, though, because I feel like so far through four games, the Packers haven't been that great at stopping the run.
2: No, they really haven't. They had one good performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they gave up something like 34 yards on the ground or something crazy like that. But that really had a lot more to do with the fact that the Buccaneers had a bad day running the ball. Otherwise, the Packers have given up quite a few yards on the ground, and yeah, it is really kind of surprising considering they have Kenny Clark in the middle of the defense. They've got those linebackers you talked about. They drafted Devontae Wyatt, another size speed freak out of Georgia. Uh, They're just kind of printing them right now. (laughs) But for some reason, Wyatt has only played – something like 28 snaps this is so far this season and you know he has played i believe it was the fewest snaps of any first round draft pick now we could see them use him more in their defense because he was a very good nose tackle for georgia and he's a nose tackle who runs a four seven seven forty. so it, that's a guy with some potential
1: they have Dean Lowry, who's a veteran, and Jerron Reed, two veterans who are playing a lot of snaps next to Kenny Clark on the defensive line. But if you look even up and down this defense, man, some of these backups are solid players. Then you get to the secondary, even without Alexander, who, like you said, is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. I, I honestly feel like Stokes, man, Eric Stokes, this is their first-round pick from, I think, two years ago he's another pretty damn good cornerback. And it's not like the giants have the wide receivers who can really stress these individuals right now. And then you factor in the safety play of Darnell Savage, who's one of the more underrated safeties in the game. And it, you know, I don't feel like this team, the New York giants are going to threaten anybody through the air. And honestly, I mean, they're three and one, but they haven't passed for 200 yards yet, Chris, which is kind of crazy.
2: Yeah, it really is. And, the one other guy you haven't mentioned yet, is, uh, their other safety, Adrian Amos, he oh, yeah. is, he is out or well, he left last, last week's game with a possible concussion. I've been looking, I haven't been able to see if he is in the concussion protocol or not. Uh, again, as with Julian love and Tyron Taylor, I have a feeling anyone who is even potentially in the concussion protocol is going to be treated very, very conservatively by the NFL right now, uh. Uh, they're kind of under the microscope thanks to that very scary situation with Tua of but as they should more, be yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah it, just as an aside it, there there is kind of a tendency to not treat head injuries like real injuries because you know there's no blood there's not going to be a, a foot facing the wrong way or a bone sticking out but a brain injury is still a brain is still an injury and they can be very serious. And I am glad that they're getting attention. And hopefully the NFL will continue to be vigilant and maybe be more vigilant regarding them. And players, you know, kind of pay attention to them as well. But back to the Packers defense.
1: <laughs> yeah, the third cornerback that we should go over is a name the Giants know pretty well. Razul Douglas used to be with the Philadelphia Eagles, a player that I have said at Big Blue View the Giants should sign him free agency back when he was cheap. Now he's not as cheap because he's playing pretty solid football. He's that third cornerback behind Stokes and Alexander. He started last week against the Patriots and looked pretty solid. And the coverages that this team uses, similar to the Giants, they're, they're mostly a cover three type of team. A lot of middle of the field closed, cover one as well, but they're probably predominantly I would say zone from everything that I've seen. A lot of cover six, a lot of quarters, a lot of cover three. The only really man concepts that they use is just straight up cover one. So I think you're going to see a lot of the middle of the field closed, a lot of seven, eight guys in the box to stop Saquon Barkley. So to me, that suggests that Mike Kafka should try and attempt to do what he's been doing when teams are loading up the box. And that's use the dual threat of the quarterback and his rushing ability. Hopefully the Giants have that. And Saquon Barkley to stretch outside to really use every width and every inch of this football field to matriculate the football down the field. Because that's the way you're going to win if you're not having success through the air. That and obviously winning in the trenches, which is going to be difficult to do that against this defensive front, but it's still possible. It's definitely possible. And the elite playmaking ability of Saquon Barkley. Those are the keys. To the Giants having success on the ground, and hopefully they can generate at least something through the air because that's something that we haven't really seen all that much. Just continue working the zone, reading the RPO though, because it's it's been successful so far.
2: Yes, absolutely. And so far, from what we've been hearing, the arrow's pointing up for Daniel Jones to make the trip and potentially even start for the Giants in London. But even if it is Davis Webb and the Giants decide to give Jones one more week to recover. Webb is actually a better athlete than Daniel Jones is. So they're going to have an athletic quarterback on the field pretty much regardless. And as much zone as the Packers play, that does create an opportunity for RPOs because RPOs are pretty much designed to take advantage of zone coverages and put, isolate one defender and put him in conflict, make sure he is wrong no matter what. So Basically, the core of the Giants' offensive scheme should be intact. The big question for me is, can they keep Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary out of the backfield? And can they lean on Saquon Barkley, not let the Packers take him away? And then who are they going to throw to? Hopefully somebody open.
1: (laughs) Hopefully somebody open. Chris, anything else on this matchup?
2: you know i i think that's about it i'm actually kind of looking forward to morning football
1: yeah 6:30 in the morning for us on the west coast chris gee speak for yourself hey I, I i'm not the one who left <laughs> <laughs> very good point thank you everybody for tuning in to the chris and nick show here on big blue view radio please like subscribe and comment on this podcast helps us out and also head on over to bigblueview.com check out all of our written content there go to big blue view on youtube we're posting videos over there ed in the podcast i'm doing a couple breakdown videos of the new york Giants scheme on offensive defense it's a good time please check it out take care of each other everyone and have a lovely lovely day